Here at Tech Stalks, we constantly strive to spotlight authentic music trailblazers, which is why we're stoked to have Tech Stalks styled by Ray-Ban this summer, helping us in our pursuit of featuring artists who are not afraid to be their authentic selves. Ray-Ban is your reflection in the mirror of your truest self. It's the shade on a hot summer's day. It's your own focus regardless of any spotlight that may be on you. Together, Tech Stalks and Ray-Ban are saying, if you've got a challenge for us, no matter what it is, you're on. You can't predict the light, but with Tech Stalks and Ray-Ban, you're always ready to capture it by living each day in the moment. Follow the light at www.rayband.com. And welcome to Tex Talks. I am Tex, and today I'm talking to a man who has been the smooth voice and face of South Africa's most beloved house music trio from the City of Gold for over a decade. Alongside pianist and producer Dr. Duda and trumpeter Mo T, this singer and guitarist has dominated as the frontman of the chart-smashing group Mikasa as their unique fusion of urban jazz and Afro house took root in the hearts and minds of people all over the globe. I am, of course, talking about Joao de Fonseca, better known to us as Jay something. Jay, welcome. How are you? What it do? I love that intro, dude. Thank you so much. Oh my gosh, only a pleasure. Now tell me, yeah. where are you chilling? Because the last time we spoke, it was <laughs> just before the fifth Mikasa album dropped and you were all over the place. Where are you now? Damn, I'm in such a different place altogether, but um, I'm in, in East London um, on a remote farm called Santa Paloma, and um, I'm learning about a new a new skill that I that I've been wanting to do for a while. It's it's a thing called permaculture, which which is a type of farming, which is kind of bizarre. But yeah, uh, long story short, it's just one of my new passions. And now that I have a little bit of free time, uh, I decided to take on this new uh, two week course. That sounds incredible. But how do you how do you feel after Cyril's speech? Because that's essentially taking us to level one. And, and what that means is yeah. that like live gigs are back on the table again and that our industry can slowly but surely start to open up. So what's the what's the consensus in the in the Mikasa camp about this? Yeah, I think I think we all pretty excited to at the idea of being able to get out there again and spots possibly opening up. Um, you know, personally for me, like I have such a different reality to to the to to everybody else in my in my camp like in the sense that at home I've got somebody that's high risk so with mm. every step that we get closer to being out I just kind of like I, in a in a weird way like not in a weird way probably in a self-explanatory way I get a little bit more like anxious about getting out because I the responsibility mm. that lies on my shoulder to get out to go and do work to make money but put risk on on my family so it's it's all exciting to be able to open up uh, the game. Um, just for me personally, it just comes with a different sort of mind frame altogether. A hundred percent. But like, obviously, you you're not only the frontman of Mikasa. I mean, you're an entrepreneur. You're mm. you're a business owner. You you're also heavily involved in the food scene. So I'm I'm assuming that this new permaculture venture feeds into that as well. Yeah, in a way, uh, you know, I actually text. I haven't even spoken about this at all because I'm in such a, <laughs> a, in a bit of like a change at the moment. And I think that what what um, COVID and lockdown did for me was, yeah, I just put so much into perspective, dude. Like, 
as mm. to like what am I chasing, what am I representing? Um, you know, when when all the bullshit sort of like clears up and then you can't do any of the things that you love, you kind of realize what what actually matters. Um, not only to yourself, but to people out there. So um, yeah, permaculture for me is more of a, a change of lifestyle that I wish to kind of achieve one day for myself and for my family, but definitely take people along with me with the with the knowledge that I get. So and implement it into all those facets that you mentioned. So yes, in a way, it does. It's so it's so exciting. Actually, talk to me a little bit about what you're learning. I'm like I'm very interested in it because I I know mm. absolutely nothing about it. Yeah, I'm I'm so interested and passionate about sustainability and um, finding ways that we can, uh, you know, be kinder to nature. Um, but but not only be kinder to nature, help nature kind of get life life again and be mm. kind of work with nature instead of uh, thinking that we're the most important and knowledgeable beings on the planet. You know, so I think that. For me, uh, permaculture is an approach. It's a, it's a system design that that you would apply to uh, a, a city rooftop or to a farm. You know, you can apply it everywhere in your home, and it's essentially a school of thought that uh, applies uh, systems into your into your environment um, that allow to use nature in a natural way to get the desired sort of output. So instead of using tractors to Tilt to soil and and please just shout if I've kind of like gone over your your no um, I love this ending. <laughs> uh, it's it's um you know instead of kind of approach it, doing that approach it's understanding that there is a completely different approach in in you just using nature as it is um, so yeah I mean I don't know if I've actually done justice to it but it's just using nature in your benefit instead of going against nature. You know, we're just chopping down mm. forests without having an idea of what that actually does to the nature in chasing our greed, which is money. And yeah, it's just weird how society's turned out. You know, we value so many different, our value system is what scares me a lot. And I, I, I've been analyzing whether I'm contributing or, 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 or taking away from the current value system that, that our kids are growing up in. So um, yeah, a lot of thought um, and, and deeper thinking that I've been doing um, around like, you know, I don't want to get sidetracked, but like, you know, being famous, like it's it's such an odd thing. And when I look at like around my industry, I I don't know why Oaks are famous. Not not I know why they're famous, but I don't know what they mm. want to achieve other than self glory. And for me, like, I don't want to glorify myself really. Like I, I want to use the fame that I have to make an impact. Um, and I think that I've done that in, in how I've approached the game, but I want to take it to another level. I want to use the influence that I have to really start making a real impact on the planet. So yeah, that's kind of where, where I'm starting. You know, it's, it's so interesting that you mentioned that because I, I read an, I read an article. I remember, I think it was probably like circa 2017 when you guys released Familia and I read an interview mm. and you said that like, music like right about just before you re you recorded the album music and performing had become like this job to you and it, it had become like quite mechanical and you'd lost the the joy of it and you you weren't 100 sure if you were gonna continue with mikasa but then you guys all sat down and you had a chat and then it it, it mm. just kind of worked out so i mean like what what makes you because a band is essentially a it's 
it's a family, but also mm-hmm. by extension, like, like, you know, it's a relationship. It's a 10 year relationship that you yeah. guys are, are, are celebrating this year. And what, what made you go, okay, we want to give this another go. Like we want to stick this out. Um, a, cu- a couple of things, but I would say the main sort of uh, driver for it, I, I would say there's two, if I'm, if, and I'm, I tend to be really vulnerable and honest in, in these conversations. But the first one is that I do believe that Mikasa is more than just a band. I, I, I do believe mm. that uh, Mikasa does more than just provide uh, music and, uh, and, uh, and, and entertainment. I think that Mikasa digs a little bit deeper and it provides hope to people that are hopeful of inclusion and unity and, um, and the ability to, 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 to learn and to grow bigger than what our past has shown. I think mm. that without knowing that we were actually creating that, I, when, I, when I really think about those ditches of, of really feeling like there's no hope, I've, I've really dug deeper to find that purpose in Mikasa, that there's so much more to this band than it just being a source of income, a, a source of entertainment for people and, and so forth. So from that perspective as well. And then on the, on the other side of things, for me, Mikasa su- supports a lot of people. Um, so throwing in the towel is kind of like s- a little selfish at times. Um, so, so also like, I think the main factor was, was point number one, but point number two that I can't leave out is that when I look at, let's say I quit Mikasa tomorrow, like mm-hmm. the impact that that would have on not only Mo and Duda and, and myself, but you know, the further down the line impact that it has on so many families that we support. So, so yeah, I mean, I think, and then an understanding and then a passion for music and a passion for Mikasa really is a dream come true for me because it was a, it was a music tool that really did what I wanted to do. Really, it really made an impact on society, um, for, for the good. Um, Mm -hmm. there's not one bad story of Mikasa, you know, there's no negativity around the band. Uh, so when I look back at it, you know, whenever whenever it does come to an end, or or maybe n- it never comes to an end, but just reflecting back on Mikasa for me, it gives me a, a huge sense of pride and joy. So that for me makes me really happy, and it makes me want to carry on doing it. It doesn't mean that I won't release uh, solo projects, and 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 Mo and Duda would say the same. It just means that we would love to keep this uh, band together for what it's done and what it will do. So, I mean, I mean, I definitely want to talk about the new album because as far as I'm concerned, it's, it's Mikasa at your most honest. And because of that, I think mm. that it's your best work to date. But, but oh, I do want to go all the way back to the beginning. Um, tell me, how did the three of you come together and decide that like music was the calling and that Mikasa was the way forward? I think that individually first, like we, we all had the same desire um, and, and the same sort of belief in music. So when we did eventually come about, which is the real miracle moment for me, um, it made it easier to pursue. So um, it, it was a it was a, a very random day for me. It was a, a it, there was a rooftop party at the Radisson Hotel in Joburg, um, and um, and I went because my cousin he was having his engagement party there. So I, I literally had just arrived in Joburg as as a, a marketing degree um, graduate and I was looking for a job, you know, and I, and I get invited to this party and I, f- I see this DJ and I see all these cool people, you know, Joburg, like it's just, or, or, <laughs> yes. yeah, like anyway, like I come, I come from Port Alfred, dude, like, you know, like in the Eastern Cape, a little surf town. <laughs> so this was like 
wow, I'm in MTV. Like I'm literally in Everyone's MTV. Everyone's swagging right hard. Yeah. And I, and, and I was like, I'm like still till today, like super shy. But for some reason, like I saw this DJ and I heard this music and I was like, damn, if I could sing on top of this, there's so much space to sing on top of this. So I had a random moment and I went up to the DJ and I said to him, hey man, can I, can I sing? And I, now, looking back now on what I did, I can imagine how odd that must have been for mm. Dr. Judah, who was the <laughs> DJ at the, at the party. And he said, yeah, sure, there was a mic. And, and I remember I just started singing, um, I remember the one song, it was that, sun is shining, weather is sweet again. Mm. And I just started jamming that over the beats and I'd sing Sade and whatever I had in my mind. And then this other guy, I remember clearly started taking out a trumpet out of a bag and I was like, what the hell is going on here? Like, <laughs> and, and he started to want to like share the mic with me and I would sing a little bit and then point him the mic and he would play a little bit. And, and so we started jamming and then people at this pool party, they just, I remember it so clearly, they all turned around. It was like, it's like a movie, man. And then they all came closer and then everybody took their phones out and everybody was jamming and I was like, Wow. And then, yeah, and then after that, like people asking us for pictures and autographs and I didn't even know the other two guys' names. Um, eventually, I, you know, I greeted Mo and Duda and I got their names and so on. We took some pictures and, and I remember going to the edge of the rooftop building with Mo and Duda and the, the heads of Soul Candy were there because it was their what? party. <laughs> yeah, it was their party. And they, they said to us, yo, we got to start a band. Uh, this was amazing and I was like hell yeah and Duda was already established producer DJ so it took like three months of me like constantly begging him just to just to record one song just to see what we would make and um, and three months later yeah we wrote these streets and fuck dude like yeah like this is crazy um, when I you know that that's that's gonna make an incredible first chapter of your autobiography yeah, I mean, like, yeah, dude, like, just just for me to be able to tell my kids that one day, you know, and for them to kind of look back on on that moment, like, I, I I've never I never was a big believer in uh, moments being like how do you say like meant to be, you know, mm. and and since that day, like, I've had a whole new perspective on not necessarily that there is a moment in your life that is meant to be, but there are so many moments in our lives that have so many different purposes and meanings. And that one just stands out as like one of like life-changing moments, you know? Oh, but then you go and you release these streets back in like 2011 and it explodes. And then you get yeah. nominated for five summers and you win three. And I remember watching your performance that year and thinking like, how cool how it was choreographed. No, it was amazing. And like how very yeah. easy and like yeah. comfortable you guys looked on stage. What, what do you remember about that night specifically? Oh, that must man, have been huge it was such a magical night. You know, there's, there's such a beauty when you are a starting artist, like you're just starting out um, and, and you're so innocent. You have no idea. You're not, you're not tainted by anything. You know, mm. you, you just, you just, you're just a kid and, and you're just approaching everything with so much innocence and, and that's, and, you know, I don't want to get far, fast-tracked the story, but that's, that's what I lost. Um, and, and that's what I still, like, feel like I, I wish. And it's, it's, a, it's a weird wish because it's just, yeah, it's just part of how it is. But mm. I wish we could not lose our innocence 
in, in, in our pursuit of our dreams. Because as soon as we learn too much or we get tainted, we, we just disturbs the whole thing. But that day, I just remember being um, relatively nervous, but not so nervous. I was just stoked to be there and like mm. happy to be nominated and happy to be a part of it and, and kind of felt like super, super blessed to, to be there. Um, and, and kept thinking about, you know, I can't believe that this has happened so quick. And, and then we won the first award and then that was amazing. And then we won the second award and we were like, what? And then we went to go and perform and, and I was super excited for the performance because the team that, that put that together, like they, they, they were the geniuses, you know, we just followed what they wanted us to do, but it was um, so rad. People of South Africa, please welcome Mikasa. It was rad, dude. And, and yeah. I remember doing the performance and then having to change to try and get back to the, to the chairs in time, because that was the time that they would announce record of the year, but we didn't make it back in time. And then they kept us uh, backstage. And, and I remember the, the guy just kept pushing us closer to the curtains. And it was <laughs> such, such a nerve-wracking moment. I eventually said to the guy, yo, please stop, man. Like, you, you're making me, like, this is too, too much. Like, we're not going to win. Because at that time, it was um, Zahara. Um, uh, I can't oh, remember wow. her name. Loli Lol win. Yeah. yeah, and she had that song. And that song was huge. And, and we all kept saying, nah, man. Like, Record of the Year is definitely going to Loli win. And then I remember, and I'll never forget, I still have the image in my mind, they mentioned our name, and I just remember Duda running onto the stage through those <laughs> curtains. And he was, I just remember his face, really, you know, and that, that's my moment, is that it's just you don't see the people, you just see your people, and you're like, wow. Like, yeah, so that was, that was a, a moment I'll never forget. But you know, when you come out of the gate swinging like that, like you did with your debut album, surely there's pressure on you to like keep that up, like to hit that again with the second album. Yeah. And I see it now with so many people that are releasing sophomore albums. It mm. breaks my heart a little bit, but it also makes me, yeah, I mean, it's just part of the, part of the game, you know? Um, you know, I, like I remember that, that album, I mean, that album had these streets, La Vida, Heavenly Scent, mm. All the Glory. It had like four number one songs. Um, and and that was like unheard of, you know? Um, and then, yeah, it was, I mean, it was crazy. Like the success. I mean, that album went like, I don't know, triple platinum. We sold like a hundred and I think 30,000 copies of that, of that record physical, um, which was, which was, which was big back then, you know? And um, yeah. And then, and then it was making the second album and, and the first album I wrote just writing, like just writing. And then the second album, I had to try a part of me. There was a lot of pressure. I remember people saying, the label saying like, yo, we need another These Streets. We need another Heavenly Scent. And I'm like, well, that's never going to happen, man. Mm. Like, can I make another song that maybe will have that same success? And and we went and I went in there with knowing now what a number one was, knowing what a cross hit, what a, I don't know what they call it, like, because um, we went, they, they, I remember. They, yeah, a crossover. <laughs> like, mm -hmm. hey, you got a crossover. <laughs> and I was like, what does that mean? And it's like, no, well, you appeal to, to um, you know, black people and white people. And I'm like, multiple oh, markets. Okay. Yay. That's, that's cool. <laughs> um, and, and then, yeah, the second album we, we wrote again and, and it was another like three months that we took off and we just, in between, not actually took off, like in between touring, we were writing the album. And, uh, and luckily that album um, had, had Jigga, uh, Turn You On, Your Body, which were all again, like number one 
uh, hits,、mm. especially Jiga. Like Jiga just turned everything around. It, it was weird because it was a, it was actually a joke of a song. It wasn't actually a serious song. It、In、was a、way? melody. That, well, like the melody is very playful. Like it's da 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 ba ba da ba da. You know, it's like almost like sounds like a. I mean, I don't want to take away from the song, but it's almost like a like a children's like a song, you know, like、um, that has this melody that is super catchy, but also a little bit、um, young, very young,、mm -hmm. um, without calling it like childish because I don't think it's childish, but yeah, it's like a silly and that, and I thought we actually put it as a filler on the album. I was like, let's just put the song on, you know,、um, and then that was the song that blew up, and I was like, wow. Like, How did this happen? <laughs> yeah, I remember. I remember also, writing the song, came up with the melody in Sun City, and、uh, it was at a, at a at like a sound check. And I remember putting it on my phone, and and I remember the guys laughing at me, like because I was singing it over the beat that we were playing for sound check. And and I remember like everybody laughing, like dude, that's so silly. And I was like, oh okay, <laughs> let me just put it on my phone here because it kind of sounds catchy. So、uh, yeah, and then I visited it later. And then it exploded, but where where did your enthusiasm start to like dip a bit, and where did things start to get a bit, yeah, yeah, you know, for for the band, I'm I'm struggling to find the right word, but where where did like the the general consensus of the enthusiasm start to to wane? It's really hard to speak on behalf of the band. That's the other thing, you know. It's like、mm. it's like going to marriage counseling and and speaking on behalf of the, <laughs>、okay. the couple. It's very hard, you know. I can only share my own story. So for me personally, like it was after that album that that things really started to like for me. Just it 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 took like um it took like a massive uh, diver uh, divergence. How do you say like um divergence? Yeah, just divert divergence. And、mm -hmm. and all of a sudden, this thing that I grew up loving to just do and share with people and carry a message, I realized that now I was in the stream of writing songs and making music for others, and in the commercial space,、mm -hmm. right? You in this, you are you are a number one artist. You're a pop artist. You're in the commercial space, and now you suddenly are, are trying. To write songs that can be number one and can go to radio. So now, like I'm, and I, I, you know, like not blowing my own horn here, but like I'm pretty good at writing a song to go to radio.、Mm -hmm. um, we are like we just have this natural、uh, knack for making songs that are radio friendly.、Uh, what what we call pop music, you know, and and I just started to think like, damn, and I'm not really saying anything anymore now. Now I'm just saying what kind of like just a global message, and、okay. and that started to, to really eat at my soul because,、uh, and that's when I started to make my own music at home, which I've never played for anybody. But it's just stuff that I needed to have an outlet so that I could carry on doing the other stuff, and that's when this album,、um, you know, far,、uh, fast tracking a bit, but that's when we made it, Mikasa's fifth album. I was like, you know what, guys, the only way we will actually survive another album. Mm. Is if we if 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 I personally just make the music that I'm into together with you guys, and you guys just bring what you really want to bring. But from my side, I'm gonna write about what I'm dealing with, what I'm feeling, and hopefully people can connect with it. Yeah, a hundred percent. But I mean, with with any creative、uh, 
outlet. Like when it becomes formulaic, uh, artists become they feel they feel stifled, they feel trapped. But mm. I think that that we made it. Um, which is also like a huge milestone for you guys because it's, you know, 10 years of Mikasa. So, mm. so congratulations for that. But, Thank but you. the title is super interesting because on the one hand, you're saying like, oh my God, look at everything we've achieved with our career. But then you're also saying, oh my God, I can't believe that we're still at this. Like it was touch and go for a second. Like, yeah. am I on the right track? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And just like, yeah, dude, I, I didn't, I really didn't think we would be here. Mm. Um, I personally, like I, I was, I was so drained. Um, I didn't, I, I really, I can't believe that we made it. Like we're still here. So, um, yeah, the album for me is, it's, you know, it was, a it was a name that I came up with just to kind of like really stand for what, what we feel, but also, um, to, to hopefully convey a message of, of uh, like when you when you're really present and when you're really in the moment, in this moment right now, you realize that hey, I'm still here. Like it's not it's not all done and dusted for me. Like I I, I still I'm still here. Like um, there might be a lot of problems. Say. Yeah, but like mm. I'm still here, dude. And I think that for me is the most important is that if you're aware that you still you're still good. Like if, if you haven't pegged, if like you're still okay, you know, like you still have time. Um, so yeah, I mean like Mikasa, what a journey, dude. And that, that for me just felt like a, a really strong statement for ourselves because a, a lot of the things that we did as well, you must remember was to, to re refuel our souls. Um, so even the statement was like for us to look at and be like, shit, man, look, look how far we've, we've come. We're still here. And, and when times are tough, remember that we made it through a lot of stuff. Mm. So, so yeah, that's the title. You know, Jay, like I really think this album is a masterpiece and I don't say that lightly. And for anybody who's listening to this podcast who hasn't given the album a spin, like please do yourself a favor because this is Mikasa. Like you have never heard them before mm. like we've never heard you before and i mean you even swear on one track and like you guys have always been like super pg and then literally from track one you're like swearing and you're singing about yeah. sex and making out and i'm like whoa okay like i'm here for this mikasa <laughs> i like this yeah yeah, I, I, yeah but i mean i, I can imagine that 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 trans but i can think i can imagine that transition was quite easy because you know you're you're grown-ass men now <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, listen, like, it was, e it, it wasn't, it, it, there was parts of it that was easy, but like, I, I, it was really hard to be honest with you. Like, just for me to say, said a lot of shit, I now regret. It was like, damn, I'm now doing that. Like, but I had such a huge shift personally in my life where I've become a lot more open minded and a lot more, yeah, like, uh, you know, not so caught up in 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 boxes um and, and that for me like transformed me deeper than in my music even like as a human being like it was just like you know it's a, it's okay to, for you to be real and to be honest and and if i need to uh, use a word that we call a swear word to convey a feeling i hope you know that i said a lot of stupid shit and mm -hmm. that is why i'm saying shit you know like it's there to convey the severity of it, you know? Um, mm -hmm. so, so yeah, I mean, it was a big, it was a big transition, but also like, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm 30, you know, like it's now time to like 
yeah, I just speak what I'm going through. So to convey the honesty, it was the only way that I could do it, you know. So there are a few tracks that stand out for me and we made it for a few reasons, but I think that the first one is obsessed because apart from being like incredibly sexy with Mo's subtle trumpet underpinning it, it's, it's very, very strong lyrically. Um, tell mm. me a little bit about the recording of, of that track. Uh, yeah, I wrote that song with a friend of mine called uh, V the Vow, Velapi, who's a, an incredible uh, pianist and, uh, and a producer. And he's actually not even a songwriter, um, but he was, he was together with me on the, on the songwriting camp. And, um, and I remember they were jamming this beat that had no melody on and I had my guitar in and I had this melody uh, in my head on guitar that I then took to the studio and I said, yo, what about, what about this melody? And I started jamming this melody and it kind of dictated the melodic sort of flow of the song. And then um, what I tried to do with the album was to flip everything on its head for my own purposes and for the purposes of the music. Because I know we, we'd been doing what, you know, when, when you've been doing something for as long as we've been doing and doing it successfully, you almost fall into a negative trap where you kind of just know how to do it, but then it becomes predictable in a way. So how to shift everything. I, I said to, to V, I said to him, okay, you start writing a song. <laughs> and I left. And he was like, huh? And he'd never <laughs> written a song before. Uh, but I knew, I know his head melodically is rich. So um, he, I remember that he started writing. He didn't have a melody. Um, and, and he started to write the song. And then I kind of met him and started to kind of get what it was about and, uh, and then we managed to kind of just start gluing it together so he wrote that first verse and I added a little bridge to it or a linking part to the chorus and and the chorus I, I wrote it but yeah it's it's a story about um, a, a common thing you know you, you it's you, you you we often thinking the same thing mm-hmm. you know the 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 that's the weird thing about life is that we often thinking the same thing but we don't want to say it um, so the, this person, your partner thinks that you're obsessing, uh, and you're obsessed and, and you thinking, damn, your partner's obsessed. And then the co- song kind of culminates into saying, you know what? We both obsessed. Let's just <laughs> stop talking and let's make out and that will fix everything. Uh, so channel your energy in a difference in a different way. So you've got that track that's got a very specific message to it. And then you've got a track like Eve that talks about slavery and girls going Mm. missing. And I I don't think that Mikasa has ever been more socially conscious as a band. And and now during a time in South Africa where like the issue of gender-based violence is so prevalent at the moment, how has that song been received in general? Tex, if I can be like, uh, like in two months, we got like two, I think like two, two and a half million streams. So it's it's clearly being... Yeah, it's crazy, dude. Like it's just been, from a streaming perspective, it's just blown my mind away. That's um, incredible. Well done. Yeah, thanks, dude. Uh, so, so I think that in general, it's it's obviously being well received. Um, I do think, and I'm being really vulnerable and honest again here. I do think that a lot of people, specifically our peers, maybe have boxed us in, and mm. maybe like I, I haven't I haven't felt like a lot of industry peer support. 
from from the album. But that's that's cool. Um, and we kind of yeah, we just kind of carry on and we do our thing. And 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 with that said, I also I have also questioned myself like, yo, have I been a, a source of support for the industry? Because I'm, I'm I'm a little bit of a loner, you know. So so maybe I did that to myself. But anyway, I think that. A song like Eve, it's it's done superbly well. I wish we could have added a visual uh, to the song because I think it would have really helped uh, convey the message that much more uh, with with a music video. Um, but uh, yeah, you know, for me, I think that the message in that song is is I, I've always tried to I, I've tried many times to write songs that convey sort of like a. a, a a more honest and raw opinion on 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 things that are currently going on in the world, and it tends to come across quite cheesy, for the lack of a better word. And uh, and it's amazing when you're just not trying and you're just being honest, and you kind of just try and put pen to paper of how you're really feeling about all the crazy shit that's going on, and it just comes across. So, yeah, I, I think for most part, like. From the people that I've spoken to, you know, also because of lockdown, it hasn't allowed us to interact with people that much. So we haven't seen what the songs mean to people yet. We haven't yeah. felt that energy. Uh, it's all just been social media, and, and we like I'm, I don't necessarily live so much on the online uh, as much as I used to. But I think I, um, for most part, I think it's definitely spoken to a lot of people um, from what I from what I gather. Hmm. Well, it doesn't come across as cheesy at all. I think. Yeah, no, a, no, no. Yeah, real winner. <laughs> real winner on your hands. But another, um, another track that I think is very beautiful uh, is Banza and Patsy, which is the instrumental yeah. interlude um, off the album. And and I know that Banza and Patsy are, are, are Mo's parents. So so talk to me a bit about how that was conceptualized. Well, the song that comes after that is my favorite record on the album. It's a song called Mamela, and Mamela. Uh, yeah, Mamela, which means listen. And um, and we were actually working on that song, and we we kind of finished up the song, and it's, it's such a beautiful song. And and I just felt like it needed. We we've never done an interlude, you know. Mm. And, and I think it's one of those things that you're like, man, how how do we make this more of like a storytelling? Like, how do we really convey feelings and emotions and interludes tend to do that really well if you listen to the album like i love listening to an album you know in succession and listening to it as a body like from of work. beginning to end 100 yeah, yeah i mean like we we're now more in the singles and in the you know that sort of world nah, for me, nah, like, nah, nah. yeah i know i'm speaking to, to my people right <laughs> um like for me creating a body of work is really important um and i love it not important i just love it and mm. um, and I, I remember feed that emotion that came from the songs. Uh, I remember saying to Mo, you know, why don't why don't you and and Duda create a piece of music that that is a an interlude to to Mamela and it conveys the message of romanticism. And I, I I made it closer to home for him. I said to him, listen, imagine your dad was still around because um, his dad played trumpet for Mango Groove and. A phenomenal man and a phenomenal trumpet player, and uh, and and channel that energy of your father and play for for your mother as if he was still around. How do you think mm. he would play? Because mm, I knew that that would convey the emotion that the song carries for me personally. Mm. So yeah, Banza and Patsy, what a beautiful piece of music! And, and that was one take from Mo, right? He just kind of sat, channeled that energy. Yeah, it was it was rad. What a legend. But I'm so happy that you you mentioned Mamela as well. <clears throat> and I had no idea that the two were linked. Um, because honestly, uh, 
I think that Mamela is, I really hope that you release it as a single. Uh, <laughs> it's, so, it's so catchy and like so dance worthy, but it also comes across as like very tender and very special. Um, yeah. How- I mean, I got goosebumps now as you're speaking about it, like just <laughs> because it means that much to me. I think I nearly shed a tear every time I listen to it. No joke. Really? It's a it's a song that I wrote in the darkest part of my life. Like it's it's weird, man. Like it's it's not weird, but it's something that I I've never had the guts to talk about because I, I just never felt mature enough to speak about it. To be honest with you, mm-hmm. because it's a a lot of emotion trapped in that in that moment of my life. But uh, basically, it was written in ICU, um, nearly losing uh you know one of the people that i love the most and oh, wow. and in that moment the only thing that that uh that that we found hope in was dreaming of a getaway you know when we're done with all of this that we stuck oh, beautiful. in beautiful um, we're gonna go to italy and i remember like we were just planning we went on airbnb and we planned this whole trip <laughs> where we're gonna go where we're gonna stay you know how we do and and where we're gonna eat and we just dreamt and I remember that the whole thing was we're gonna go on a getaway, and then the song starts. You know, getaway, getaway, getaway. This all I wanna do. So also, when the I, next podcast we do, it's literally just gonna be you singing snippets of stuff. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh man! So yeah, that song really means a lot to me, and 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 I'm you know I've been seeing on on YouTube. Um, the numbers, like it's crazy. Like all the other songs have, let's say, fifty thousand uh, views on the lyric video, and I think Mamela's sitting on like six hundred thousand. So it's like insane. Oh, wow. So for that song specifically to click with people, and if if it does click with people on a large scale, that will that will really mean a lot to me because the song, like you have no idea. So yeah, you know, I. I just remembered something. The last time that we spoke, <clears throat> you said something very interesting that like I've thought about quite a bit. We were talking about one of the tracks. What was it off the album? I forget. Oh, it was uh, How Could You featuring Rouge. Mm. And you you said that you couldn't write about heartbreak because you've never had your heart broken, Jay. And I was like, well, that must be nice. Like, how, Jay, how does that happen? Like, how, how do you go through life keeping that heart intact? Give me some advice. What's going on? Oh, man, you know, I, I, and I even saw you tweeted <laughs> about it. And, and a couple of people, like, went at me, you know. And I, and I guess, like, I guess, like, I've been heartbroken, but nothing, like, major, you know, like school and, you know, breaking up. But it's not, like, heartbreak for me. Like, that's just part of life, you know. Like, I was never, like madly in love that I, I remember like, oh no, this is done. I've obviously been heartbroken in other parts of my life, you know, like my parents got divorced, that broke my heart, you know, like that sort of stuff like broke my heart. But specifically in terms of romance and partners, like uh, I've been fortunate like in the last 10 years to uh, nine years to be much, uh, pretty much like madly in love, you know? And I, and like now coming up uh, next month, I've been married for five years and that's like, ah, congrats. That's amazing. Yeah. So like, I feel, I feel fortunate in that sense, you know? Um, so I don't know. I, I, I think that the only tip that I would ever have is maybe a bit more of a, a I don't know if it's cheesy, but I, I, I went and married somebody that became my best friend. Um, and, and that's really helped us is that, when when times are rough, like you have your best friend by, you know, and that's pretty cool. So, 
Yeah. Jay, you're going to make me cry. But also, <laughs> I mean, I, I prefer I prefer Jay with um, his wife as his muse because if she wasn't your best friend and your girlfriend and now your wifey and your, and your muse, we wouldn't have all of these incredible tracks. So, yeah, thank you. Yeah, Shout out no. to her. She, she always uh, she always asks me where's her royalty check, you know, and because uh, she she inspired all these songs, you know, a lot of them. <laughs> so yeah, I oh my, that's her, what yeah. what's her what's her name? Her name is Coco. Coco. Okay. Well, Coco, yeah. uh, your royalty check should be coming. Like, it should be coming <laughs> yeah. very soon. And if if not, just carry on tapping him on the shoulder. I mean, like, hey, yeah, where's totally. it? <laughs> but um, <laughs> apart apart from your uh, your foray into permaculture, what is next on the cards for Mikasa? Because you haven't done an album launch. Yeah. Yeah, like, yeah, dude, I don't even know where to start. You know, I sent a message <laughs> last night when that level one thing came up and I was, and I sent a message to the team at Universal and I said, so are we going on tour? You know, like I want to, yeah. I want to, my dream is to like, I, I, I still want to do it. I think that I don't even want to wait for whatever lies ahead. I want to get in a bus and I want to do an old school tour around the country and go to people and share the music and link up with crowds of 50, whatever it may be, man. It's not always <laughs> about the money. It's just about us being able to live and, and go around and hopefully people feed us along the way and play some music and, you know, whatever it may be. So, uh, you know, things are ever changing now um, and, and we're just kind of waiting to see what the right steps are. But we are working on a couple of uh, performances hopefully now for the summer and a bit of a plan to get around to people and launch the album in, in whatever way it may be but there are some plans in the pipeline um, we are releasing a new single now in the next couple of days um, which is pretty exciting and and uh, yeah I'm very 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 excited for the song which single well which track of the album are you way. releasing very 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 excited <laughs> it's my it's mamela mamela will be the next single, oh yay so. oh my yeah. god you see i'm they call me nostradamus on the streets yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> i honestly had no idea that's so rad <laughs> yeah 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 so i'm excited for that excited cool. and nervous you know i'm always nervous for releasing music i don't think you need to be nervous about releasing this no, one thanks. it's it's beautiful. It's beautiful. But please keep me in the loop with your album launch tour because wherever it is that you go, I want to be one of those 50 people because you know something? I'm going to be very honest with you right now. I've never seen Mikasa perform live. Oh, wow. Yeah, no, that's like for me, that's where we where we best. You know, that's that's what I love the most. Like, I mean, I, what I love the most is making music and listening to it in the car by myself. Like, that's my favorite. But, <laughs> um, but I love being on stage and seeing what the music does for people. So, yeah, I'd love for you to, to be at a show, man. It would be an honor. Oh, my gosh, Jay. Okay, so I'm taking you up on that. I'm coming wherever yeah, you are. Yeah, even if you go to somewhere yeah, like Polakwane, no, I'll road twip, trip, twip. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, you're getting a tour bus, right? So, like, you know, this space. <laughs> hey, you need someone to come along. Social distance. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but Jay, I just wanted to say thank you again. It's a it's an honor to have you on Text Talks and to talk about the new album. And I can't wait to catch my first Mikasa gig, hopefully in the near future. Thanks, dude. Yeah, thank thanks for having me and uh, thanks for such a refreshing talk. I can't wait to 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 um, perform for you, and I can't wait to perform for everybody else. It's just something that we're itching to do. Um, but yeah, thanks. Get away, get away, get away It's all I wanna do Little getaway with you Oh
streaming platforms also a huge shout out to tom's the only music store for being the most incredible technical supplier from myself tex our producers jonathan ings and matt lertz and our research assistant al clapper catch you on the flip side